back on our lives, we have to testify, nobody can do us like you've done us. Father, we recognize that it's only because of your goodness that we are still here. And so, Lord, we want to thank you now for loving us. Thank you, Father, for taking good care of us. God, thank you for healing our bodies, for drying our tears. Thank you, Father, for being by our side. Now, God, as we go into your word, we want to ask that you would speak to us. Speak through us, oh God, that lives are changed, that eyes are open. God, I know what you gave me, but but you know what your people need. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak a word to our hearts. Give us what we need that we might be what you called us to be. And Lord, we will tell you thank you. Now we pray for the hands that we hold. God, we pray for our brother and for our sister. Lord, whatever they're going through, Bring them out on top and bring them out on time. Father, we just squeeze power into these hands. We speak victory into these hands. God, we speak overcoming in these hands. And Lord, when it is over, let us say that it was good that we were here. We honor you, thank you now, God, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said amen. Take those Bibles with me, beloved. And let's let's lift them up a little bit. Pull our heads out on our head where we see the word of God. Repeat after me. This is my Bible. It is living. It is true. I am who the Word says I am. I do what the Word says I can do. I have the power to possess everything the Word says I can have. Now my heart is ready to receive the Word of God. Journey with me, beloved, into the book of Joshua. 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 Joshua chapter number three. Joshua chapter three. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua 3 and one verse there. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 8. Joshua 3 and verse number 8. And while you're turning there, let's give our young people a 
a shout out of praise. Joshua chapter 3 and verse number 8. Joshua 3 and 8. And I want to tag, I, I, want, to, I want to read for you. I want to read the New American Standard Translation. Uh, but as long as your book says Bible, I believe that you're in the right neighborhood. Joshua 3 and 8. Sorry, 3 and Three and seven. I'll go back to seven. Joshua three and seven. And when you get there, let it be known by saying, I'm there. I'm there. Hear you the word of the Lord. Now the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that just as I have been with Moses. I will be with you. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. And with the time that's been longed unto me, out of Joshua 3 and 7, I want to tag the text and preach just for a moment. I want to preach, it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Would you look at one neighbor and say, neighbor, it's worth the wait. That was the wrong neighbor. Don't want enough noise right there. Look at someone and say, neighbor, oh neighbor, it's worth the wait. Come on, put those hands together and give God glory. I am an avid football fan. I love it. And I was thrilled that football season recently got started. And my team, of course, is so much better than the Cowboys. So much better than the Panthers. So much better than the Packers. Because I just believe that the Saints are the best team. And I was really excited this week because I checked the news and read that Teddy Bridgewater, who was the quarterback for the Vikings that was released and was traded to the Jets, is now being sent to New Orleans where he is to be the backup quarterback for one of the best and the greatest, Drew Brees. Amen. 
Bridgewater comes into a situation already knowing that he may not get much playing time. That he may not receive a lot of notoriety. He comes into a situation already knowing that he may not get a lot of action on the field. But what I like about Teddy is the fact that he's just happy to be on the team. And when they, when the news reporters asked Teddy, how do you feel about being here with the Saints, even though you may not get a lot of playing time? Teddy looked at them and said, I don't mind waiting. Because what he understands is that even if I don't get time today, my day is going to come. And, and I couldn't help but be happy about that because Teddy Bridgewater, if he were here, would help us to know that greatness does not come overnight. Which is why sometimes God factors a delay in your life. Because he wants you to understand that you will get there. Yes, sir. But you may not get there as quickly as you want to get there. Right. There's no way around it. That the reality is that the life that you live, the life that you have, is not going to be without delays. Right. Because Good things, or, or better yet, I should say, God's things take time. Amen. And many times the enemy wants to play with your mind. Yeah. He wants to make you feel diminished in your value because things are not happening as quickly as it's happening for everybody else. Amen. He wants you to feel that because everybody else seems to be driving in the fast lane and you are sitting on the side of the road that you're not as good as everybody else. That because everybody else seems to be getting ahead so much faster than you, that maybe, just maybe, you're not all that you think that you are. But perhaps, beloved, God is wanting you to wait, not because you lack value, but maybe he's wanting you to wait because your blessing is too valuable to rush. Maybe the reason that God is trying to get you to wait is because what he's trying to do in your life should not and cannot be rushed. Because you do understand that a Toyota is built in 13 hours. But a Rolls Royce takes six months to build. 
And sometimes what happens is that God will put you on hold. He will put you in a place where he puts you on pause, not because you're not worth it, but because he wants you to understand that your blessing is worth the wait. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. And which means that sometimes you've got to suffer a little longer. Sometimes you've got to cry a little longer. Sometimes you've got to go through things that other people don't have to worry about because God wants you to know that when this is over, it's going to be worth your time. Why don't you look at your neighbor and encourage him and say, it's going to be worth your time. And, and the question that dares to be asked is, can you trust God when it doesn't happen in your time? Amen. Because oftentimes we are quick to say, by now I should have. But by now I should have been in a better place in my finances. That by now I should have had this in my business. By now I should have this type of relationship in my life. By now I ought to be in a better place than where I am. But the question that must be asked is can you believe God even when he's not done what you wanted him to do? Because we all have to deal with waiting on God. Oh, yes, we do. That, that preacher and all, president and all, deacon and all, trustee and all, minister and all. We all have to deal with those moments in our lives when God has promised us one thing and we've got to wait for it to happen. And I came to encourage somebody to let you know I've got a word for you. And the word for you today is you are being delayed on purpose. It, 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 you're being delayed on purpose. Because understand, understand that what looks like a delay to you is really God's method of developing you. God, I wish I had help there. That, that it looks like you're waiting on your side. But God is really doing some work on you. Because God can't bless you up until he first grows you up. I'll do that one more time for you in the back. See, God can't bless you up until he first grows you up. Which is why sometimes he will put your blessing on hold until he can grow you to the place where you can handle what you ask for. Because a lot of times we have the idea that we want to ask God for a double quarter pound of blessing. And we are getting full off of a happy meal. That, that we're asking God for more of this. When in reality, we can't even handle the little bit that we have. And so what God says is, I've got to grow you up and to get you to a place where you can appreciate what I'm bringing into your life. Because I'm not going to give you something now that you can't handle. Because God would rather make you wait than for you to waste his blessing. Amen. God help me here. That, that he would much rather let you suffer it out. Than for you to waste 
what he's about to bring into your life. And such is the discourse that I see in our text. Because Moses here is dead. And Joshua is having to pick up where Moses had left him. And I don't want you to go about that too fast because Moses is, was, the, was the one for them. He was God's man for them. Moses was the one that they could look to and the one that they had believed for leadership. And now the person that they had loved and had followed left them. And you know how that is when you have your love set on one thing. When you have your hopes set on one thing. And just when you thought things were going, they left you. And now Joshua is the new kid on the block. He, Joshua is now the one who has to, to pick up the pieces from where Moses had left them. And you know how we are sometimes. That Moses left them at a place called Shaitan. And they did not want to move from there. They were comfortable there. They, they had memories there. They, they had lodging there. They had rest there. And now Joshua comes and says to them, you can't stay here because this ain't your promise. And now people were upset. They, they, they did not respect him. They did not celebrate him. They did not believe in him. Because Joshua says to them, we've got to move on. And, and here, they, they're trying to figure out how do we, how do we move on. And Joshua tells them, we're leaving here and we're going to the Jordan. And the Bible says for three days, God lets them look at the Jordan. And now they are at their wit's end. Because now God says, your promise is on the other side of the Jordan. God, we don't have no boats. We can't swim. We've got wives and children. We've got livestock. We've got all these things. We've got possessions. Lord, we can't swim across this river. And, and now they're saying, Lord, what are we to do? And the text shows us that oftentimes God will delay you by putting you in a place where you can't fix the problem on your own. That God puts you in a place where now I've got to deal with the pain of having to put up with something that I can't fix. And, and I know, I know, I know everybody, I know that your life is real rosy. I know everything is going good for you. But for the people in my camp, I want to just let you know, sometimes God will put you in a place. 
when you've got to put your life on pause because you are in a place and you can't see your way out. And, and now he says, you got to pause here. God, God, thank you. You, you got to pause here. You got to pause here because you, you can't swell the joy. Well, then, Lord, why? Why is this here in the text? couple of things I want you to understand. When God delays you, he's trying to ignite your expectation. Because notice what happens. Joshua tells the priest, he tells the people rather, he said, get yourself together because tomorrow the Lord will do one. And one thing you've got to understand, he said, look, get yourself right now because tomorrow he's going to show you his power. Lord, Lord thank you. Uh, and, and the idea, the idea is that God wants somebody to know. Get yourself ready today. Because if you can believe God today, he can perform what you cannot do on your own tomorrow. And see, I know that won't for everybody because some folk come to the house of God just out of tradition. Some, some folk come out of habit. But see, when you come to the house of God and you've been beat down, upside down, downside up after all week long, and you just come to the house of God to hear a word from the Lord, sometimes you just need to hear the Lord tell you that if I hang on, he can turn my situation around. Look at your neighbor and say, he'll turn it around. Jesus, because, because notice here, look, look here in the text, the miracle is not about you getting what you want. The miracle is about God getting the glory. God, I wish I had help right there. See, 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 see the miracle is not always you getting what you want. Because a lot of times what you want, you don't need talk for. And so the reality is, your desire ought to be, Lord, as long as you get the glory, God, as long as somebody can see your hand on my life, as long as you get the praise out of my situation, God, it's all right with me. It may not be what I want it to be, it may not happen when I want it, but Lord, as long as your name gets the praise, I'm going to be all right. And, and watch, watch the text here. The text says that the miracle is that they crossed the Jordan. And, and I'll be honest with you, I read that, I read that for years, I've been reading it for years, and I've, I said, that's good, that's good, that's good, and, but it didn't make sense until this morning. 
Because this morning, I realized the power of them walking through it. Because the Jordan represents what should have killed them. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. And the strength of God and the power of faith is that even when I see something that ought to kill me, I can walk right on through it. God help me. I don't have no help right now. But I wish you would help me preach right there for a moment and let somebody know the reason that I give God the glory. It's because I walk through some stuff that other people got killed in. But God saw me through it. Oh, Jesus. What, what, what? And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you the beauty of expectation. You don't even have to have all the details. God, thank you. See, when your expectation is right with God, you don't have to have the details. You ain't got to know what he's going to do. I just know he's going to do something. I ain't got no help right now. I don't have to know all the details. All I need to know is that my God is going to turn it around for me. Oh, yes, he is. And that's why I can praise him with $5 in my account. That's why I can praise him with bald tires. I can give God the glory with sickness in my body because I know he's going to do something for me. Watch, watch, watch now. Watch now. The text says, I know I'm expecting something from God. Look at this. Because he says, consecrate yourself today. Okay. Uh, meaning that you can't wait until then to get yourself right. You, you believe God for something Start getting yourself ready now. Because tomorrow will be too late to get ready. You, you got to get ready right, right, right now. And, and the word for consecrate goes back to Exodus chapter 19 and verse 10 where Moses told the Israelites, whatever you do, wash your clothes. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. You, you gotta wash, wash your clothes. Wash your clothes. Because understand that every time God was trying to work something new for them and to take people into a new territory, He always told them, You can't go in the new places with old dirt. And, and a lot of times, a lot of times, don't play with me, I will come down your street. Because a lot of times the reality is the reason why you can't get the new is because you wrapping up with the old. Yes, my God. But when you make up in your mind, I'm cutting that off, I'm stopping this, I'm walking away from that one, I'm leaving that one alone, I'm dropping that habit. When you start shaking some stuff off, Getting yourself right with God, you know that God's got somewhere for you to go. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you what made me shout. I, I started yelling right in my office first thing this morning because I'm telling you, what I saw in the text is the last time that Moses talks about consecration. He says, give me two days and the Lord will show up on the third. Wash today, wash tomorrow, and God will show up on day three. But, but, but here, here in Joshua, he says, wash today, and God going to show up tomorrow. God, thank you. Uh, wash today, and God will show up tomorrow. First time, he says, take two days, and then God will show up. Here he says, watch today and God will show up tomorrow. Let me help you. The reason why that made me happy is because in this situation, what I see is that God wants someone to know he's going to cut your wait time in half. What used to take you a year, God will do it in six months. Same thing that used to take a month to do. God's about to do it in two weeks. God help me here. Because God's about to cut your wait time in half if you will praise his name. Watch now. Watch, watch, watch here. I'm on number two already. See, delays, delays inspire the right effort. Okay? See, not only, not only do you expect from God, but then once you expect from God, you start putting yourself around people that will execute in faith. Because look at what happened in the text. They were delayed. But, but here he says, tell the priest, get the Ark of the Covenant and go down to the river. Okay, get, get the ark and go to the river. Take up the ark and go to the river. Now, I want to help you. I ain't even trying to be deep. Uh, but the reality is you can't lift up the ark of the covenant without effort. Because the ark of the covenant had to be lifted and it had to be put on the shoulders of the ones who were carrying it. And the reality is, and do not let that go by you too fast, because the priests and the Levites were supposed to carry the presence of God. Amen. And I'm going to stop there for a moment because I want you to understand in no uncertain terms that we are living in an age where people are so busy trying to be good preachers. People want to hoop it the right way. They want to say it the right way. But the question that has to be asked is, do you carry the presence of God? I know you got degrees. I know that you've been to school. I know that you got collars. I know you got chains around your neck. I know you got Bibles. But Mr. Sir, Madam, Ma'am, do you carry the presence of God? Because what good 
Is it for you to have a title and no testimony? What good is it for you to have a job in the church and you don't have no joy? What, what good is it for you to have a position in the house of God but you don't have any peace? God help me. What good is it for you to have a song but you don't have no spirit? What good is it? And, and, and the text says they had to take the ark and put it on their shoulders. Watch this now. And then they had to go to the river. Look at this. And get their feet wet. That, and maybe the reason that we have people Performing in church instead of praising God in church is because we have too many folk who are afraid to get their feet wet. Lord, I wish I had a little church right there. That, that maybe, just maybe, folk in the house of God don't have the courage and the confidence that they need in order to stick their foot in and get their feet wet so people can see God deliver me. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 what I like, what what I like about this is, he tells the priest, go out and get in front. Don't, don't be in the middle of them. You go get in front of them. You, you you go. You get in front. And, and, and the intention of the text is, if you're going to authentically carry the presence of God, if you're going to survive the delays in your life, you've got to mature to the place where it don't bother you being in front of folk that don't like you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. It's in the book. Because the reality is everybody in that crowd didn't like Joshua. Everybody in the crowd didn't like the preacher. Everybody in the crowd did not like those. But they understood that I would rather obey my God than to die by your opinion. You better say it right there, boy. That at the end of my life, I would much rather hear him say, well done, than to hear them say, well, he was a good so-and-so. Baby, even if you don't like me, as long as God is pleased with me, I've done what he told me to do. Watch it, watch it, watch it. They, the, the, the priest stuck their foot in and, and the idea is he tells them, don't y'all come up close to this. Don't come close. But, but you stay at a distance so that you can watch the ark move. Uh, don't, don't try to be up on it. You step back and watch where it's going. Because, because, because if you don't look at the ark, you're going to lose your way. 
But because, because you ain't ever been here before. And I came, I came for somebody. I came for somebody because the problem is you have got to put your eyes back on God. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do because, because if you look at the road you're on, you're going to lose sight of God. And if you lose sight of your God, then you're going to get lost in your journey. But the thing that you've got to do is that stop taking your eyes off of the road and learn to put your eye on your God. Because if I follow the Lord, he will lead me. Yes, he will. He will take care of me. Yes, he will. He will show me where to go because God will never leave me, nor will he forsake me. You, you, you have to realize that delays inspire effort. But, but you also, beloved, need to know that delays come before exaltation. Because everybody wants to go up. But but nobody wants to be put on pause. Uh, and, and, and the word that God tells Joshua is, look, Joshua, uh, he, he, hear me. I'm going to exalt you. I, I know you're waiting. I know people are saying a whole lot of things. I, I get that. But Joshua, I'm about to lift you up. That, that where you are right now is not where you're going to remain. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I want you to hear that because you have to hang on to that. But I want you to get this one thing in your mind. Joshua I'm not going to lift you up because of your effort. Because the text says, God said to him today, I will exalt you. He never said, I'm exalting you because of. He says today, I will exalt you. And that's significant because lots of times, we like to take credit for stuff that we had no control over. Because the reality of life is you are not where you are because you've been so good. You, you, you're not where you are because you dotted every I and crossed every T and curved every S. That is not why you are where you are. You are where you are because the Lord said so. My God, I felt like shouting out my shoe right there. That the reality of your life is that the only reason you are where you are is because God said so. And if the Lord would not have said so, you would not be where you are. And he said, he said, 
I'm going to lift you up. And, and one thing that Joshua had to do, he had to resist the temptation of exalting himself out of season. But because, because, because you know how us folk are. Joshua, you walking around with Moses. You serving Moses. That killer. The one that don't talk good. The one with all those family troubles. You hanging around Moses. Talking about the Lord going to lift you up. Joshua, you can do it so much better than Moses. You talk better than he does. You don't have the scandal that he does. You ought to go out and start your own nation. Why are you hanging around Moses? But Joshua understood that if I serve, God will do the exalting. Jesus Christ, I feel like having church right there. That all I got to do is just be faithful and God will find me and bless me with his favor. And, and here, and here, he tells, God tells Joshua, you hang on. I, I'm about to lift you up. Watch, watch here. And, and I'm about to do it, hear this, in front of the folk yes, sir. that had something to say about you. Yes, sir. I, I feel like having church right there. I promise you I do. But because, see, because I told you, I told you everybody in the crowd didn't like him. But isn't it mighty funny how God will find the one that everybody else got something to say? And the one that they always push down and want to kick when they down and want to roll their eyes out. Isn't it mighty funny that God will take the one that nobody else thought nothing of and will lift them up right in front of everybody's face? Isn't that just like God? <laughs> and, 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 and here, here, here's the reason why this is in the book. I said all that to get to this. You need to understand that even when people don't celebrate you, it doesn't mean God didn't choose you. Even when you're not appreciated, it doesn't mean you're not anointed. Because, 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 because what I find is that the miracle that God has was never designed to make me who I was not. See, the miracle of crossing the river did not make Joshua anything. It revealed who he already was. And sometimes God will send a miracle in your life 
not because you've been so good. But sometimes the miracle is about where you're going. Yes, it is. Because what God does here is he lets Joshua understand that even though you're not like Moses, I don't need you to be Moses because Moses is dead. I don't need you to try to do it like he did it. I need you to be who you are. Because hmm, if you would be who you are, then I can get the glory out of your life. That if you would just be yourself, then God can make the difference in your situation. And I thought a little bit about when I went to the grocery store the other week. Went into the grocery store and had to go get a package. And when I went looking for the package, I could not find what I was looking for. Because I was used to the package looking a certain way. And so I walked up and down the aisle trying to figure out where on earth had they put the package. But then something said go back to the aisle and read the packages that you see. And when I read the package, it says new box, but the same taste. And the thing I came to tell somebody is that God is not going to bless you for trying to be something that you're really not in the first place. That all you've got to do is say, even if I don't look like what I used to look like, I still got some power on the inside of me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I still got power. That even when it don't happen what I want it to, I still got a connection to the man named Jesus. And because that I can connect with him, that when I call on his name, he comes to my rescue. That when I lift up my hands, he comes to see about me. And that's why the Bible says that faith that waits upon the Lord he shall renew the strength. They will mount up with wings as an eagle. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Because in the middle of my weight, I realize that I can still give God the glory. Look at your neighbor for the last time and say, neighbor, will you give him the glory? Can you worship him in the middle of what you're going through? Can you praise him even when you're on pause? 
Can you give him a dance? Even when you're in a delay, can you bless his name? Even when you got to hold on just for a little while longer. Because if you can praise him in the middle of it, God will turn around. Oh, yes, he will. If you can praise him, he will make a way for you. He will dry your tears. He will come to your rescue. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. 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 Stand to your feet.